Welcome to They Didn't Teach Us That in Seminary, the official podcast of Broadmoor Baptist Church. This morning. 
Some don't. It's a difficult, difficult thing to do. It's difficult to follow you. This passage tells us why. So open our hearts and minds and especially give us courage. In Christ we pray. Amen. Well, as Bobby mentioned a moment ago, a hen is no match for a fox. When I was a child, about three or four years old, I woke up to new puppies. You know how exciting that is for a child? Now, on the farm, these were stray puppies from a stray dog took up living under our back porch. We heard crying one morning, went outside and saw eight or nine tiny mutts clamoring for their mother's milk. I was excited, of course, as were the fleas. A few months later, my father made a very strange visit to my great-grandparents just a mile down the road, gravel road that we lived on. I say strange because there were whispers about that time between my mother and father and looks of concern and sadness. A day or two later, I asked my father where my dogs were. And he said, son, those dogs were going to Grandpa Charlie's and Grandma Edney's house eating their chickens. I'm sorry, but I had to get rid of them. So whether it's a hungry dog or a hungry fox, a hen really isn't a match. Someone has said the way of Herod and the way of Jesus could not be more different. The way of Herod is a way that preys upon the weak and helpless. A way that seeks an easy meal ticket. A way that takes advantage of the vulnerable that strikes unhealthy fear as it causes people to always be looking over their shoulder in anxious fear for the next attack. We are keenly aware of that truth today about foxes and vulnerable chicks having witnessed a violent fox raid a house, houses of worship full of vulnerable worshipers in New Zealand. We've seen it happen in churches. We in here with our police officer and our locked doors and our cameras, we understand the fear of vulnerability, the fear of wild foxes. What we get in Christ is a model of vulnerable love. The way of Herod is a way that preys on the weak and helpless. A way that seeks an easy meal ticket. A way that takes advantage of the vulnerable, that strikes unhealthy fear as it causes people always be watching over their shoulders for the next attack. Go tell that fox, he said, I will drive out demons and heal people today and tomorrow and on the third day, I will reach my goal. In any case, 
I must keep going today and tomorrow and the next day, for surely no prophet can die outside Jerusalem. The Jesus way would not be prevented by the Herod way, which is the way of the world. Where might makes right and where carrying the big stick makes you in charge. Society in ancient Israel wasn't that different from ours today because we are enticed by the wealth and power and status they were. But the Jesus way offers a different way to live. And it offends those of us who are bent on wealth and power and status. Jesus' way is a way of continuing to make right what is wrong, to fix what is broken, to heal the sick, to help those often forgotten and those who are stepped on. The Herod way could not be more different. Different like foxes and hens. So why would Jesus choose the image of a mother? I mean, the dad is the hunter, right? Isn't it the dad who's the tough guy? Isn't dad the, the muscle-bound protector of the family? Why mother? Well, I had an acquaintance back in Georgia who raised these menacing-looking roosters. Found out soon that on weekends, it, from time to time, he'd cross the line into South Carolina and enter them into cockfights. There's a reason why the University of South Carolina has Gamecock as its school mascot. Because the males are ferocious. They're deadly. So why on earth choose the mother hen? Janet Hurt was in college, she said, and she was traveling with her mother, returning from a visit with a friend. She says, we stopped at a deserted rest stop, and I had made my way to the ladies' room. My mom waited in the car. And as she sat in the car, she glanced up and noticed a man emerging from behind a wooden structure where I was. She watched him and noted his behavior looked menacing. Hurt says, when I stopped, stepped out to return to the car, I did notice this gentleman and panicked and began to pick up my pace. He said, she said, my mother stepped out of the car and stared the man down and he stopped in his tracks. Mothers are never more fierce than when they're protecting their young, right? That's a primal instinct in living creatures. The violent fight to the death response is natural, entirely expected in the animal kingdom when a mother's young is threatened. And in the wild, predators lurk and stalk, waiting to find the weak and the vulnerable pray should someone threaten a mother lion's young they will be met with a force like no other it is intense fierce violent 
Nothing is more important to that lioness than protecting her little ones. If you threaten a mama bear, same thing. You know what you can expect. A full-on deadly response. And you'll not likely survive it. No different for human mothers. I've never been one, by the way. The threats, I know, are all around families these days. There are threats, things invading our lives, crimes, violence, unthinkable things entering our homes, entering our schools, our streets, our houses of worship, churches, synagogues, mosques. Attackers will get the same response from a human mother as they would from a lion, mother bear. These days, many human mothers are the only protector in their family. More and more these days, moms take on the role of the protector of the family. The instinct to protect is no less fierce than in the animal kingdom, for they are dangerous, they grow more intense. And the more intense they grow, the more defense our mothers prepare. Moms willingly put themselves in harm's way of their young. Have you noticed they will expose themselves to any danger, any threat to protect their loved ones? No matter how old the child, no matter how big the predator, whether it be an intruder or even the father. And yes, more than once, I'm sorry to say, I've stood by in hospital, emergency rooms, where mothers wept because they couldn't save their young. So why a hen? Aren't there more ferocious creatures out there? School mascots are chosen to inspire their students and fans, to invoke fear and dread in their opponents, right? You pick a tiger or a lion or a raptor or a bear. You don't pick the fighting okra, Delta State University. An orange, orange color, Syracuse, or a duck in Oregon, or a tree from Stanford. Who would be inspired by a chicken? That's what other teams call you. That's how they want you to feel. So a fox is a perfect mascot. It's sneaky. It's sly. It's a killer. Especially if the game is foxes versus hens. Jesus could have chosen a crocodile, right? Smithsonian interview with a zookeeper. He said, I think if you're looking at who are the best moms, you'd have to think about who protects their young and who ensures their young will survive to independence. And then there's also, he says, how they deal with their infants. Infants are so fragile. Not every animal 
is great with that. He said, when you watch a crocodile with those jaws specifically built to crush bone, picking up these babies so gently and leading them to water and taking care of them, it's just phenomenal, he said. The maternal instinct that kicks in. He said, cheetahs too, cheetahs, they make the best mothers. He says, in April 2005, Zazi, one of the National Zoo's female cheetahs, gave birth to six cubs. One of those cubs was stillborn. Stillborn. We watched her care for that cub as though it were alive. She was grooming it, he says, and moving it along with all the live cubs. That spoke to how good a mother she really is, he says. It's being a good mother beyond what is reasonable because in the wild, that would not benefit her to care for that cub. It could potentially hurt her, expending the energy necessary to keep moving it along with all the others. Most carnivore moms in that situation would just consume the offspring. Zazi, the cheetah, he says, has to be the best mother he's ever seen. Then the zookeeper said, he might argue for gorillas too. He said, I've watched a gorilla nurture her young, and I don't know if it's because it's so close to home with primates, but if I had to pick the best mom, I think the gorilla is a great mom. Gorillas are rather transient because they teach their young to walk on their own two to six months old. But they nurse their young three to four years old. And they share the same nest with their young until they're about six years old. He said, I can't think of a case that I've ever heard a gorilla being neglectful or a bad mom. The safest place for her children to be was on her back. Bear, crocodile, cheetah, gorilla, now those, those inspire us. Ferocious, fast, powerful. But the hen is no match for a fox. And that's the gospel, isn't it? It's always a way of love and sacrifice and power, domination. Barbara Brown Taylor writes that given the number of animals available, it is curious that Jesus chooses a hen. Where is the biblical precedent for a hen, she asks. What about the mighty eagle of Exodus? Or Hosea's stealthy leopard? What about the proud lion of Judah mowing down enemies with a roar? Compared to any of these, a mother hen does not inspire confidence. No wonder some of the chicks decide to go to the fox. Today we want to think of God as a rock, a warrior, almighty. We like that. Rarely on that list of names for God do we find Mother Hen. We pray our God, our Mother Hen, and our Redeemer. No, God our rock and our Redeemer. What is the way of a Mother Hen then? 
Well, there have been cases recorded where a chicken barn or a coop would burn and people going into that burned coop, looking through the rubble, discovering a charred, burnt hen. And underneath that hen, there would be live chicks. The mother gives up her life to save her young. Jesus says that, that's his way. The way of the mother hen. Not our way. Not our preferred way. It challenges how we think and how things work. It challenges our crafty politics, our machine guns, our loud words, our strong language, our slick advertisements. What it boils down to is the way of the chicken. Not exactly the stuff of power and prestige, I know. So why the mother hen? Maybe it's because... They're such easy targets for foxes. Because everyone knows a hen is no match for a fox. Maybe it's because Jesus' plan was to protect his chicks, the weak and the vulnerable, people that were cut off, shut out, people with debilitating illness, people who are marked by failure and grief, people who are marked by a loss of hope, easy prey. For foxes because he did not come for his own self he came giving himself away for the sake of a hurting world the foxes come to satisfy themselves their own hunger their own well-being but he came for the well-being of his chicks but the chicks may prefer the fox's power and strength. The world's, we can still choose. The fox's might over the hen's sacrifice. And that's where we get into this story, really. That the brood of chicks who are scattered and distracted, unable somehow to comprehend the danger around them. They would prefer the strength of the fox. We think safety is the one with the biggest gun, the loudest voice, the fattest wallet. Jesus laments over Jerusalem, laments over you and me and all of us who so often refuse his way and choose fox's way all he wants us to do is to be willing to stand still and to stand close the words of one of my mentors if you have ever loved someone you could not protect then you understand the depth of Jesus's lament all you can do is open your arms you cannot make anyone walk into them. Meanwhile, this is the most vulnerable posture in the world. Wings spread, breast exposed. But if you mean what you say, then this is how you stand.
Jesus won't be the king of the jungle or any other story. What he will be, though, is a mother hen who stands between her chicks, those who mean to do them harm. She has no fangs, claws, ripping muscles. All she has is a willingness to shield her babies with her own body. And if the fox wants to let him kill it. And so this is the season of Lent. In the season of Lent, we repent. We may repent of the primary sin, which is an unwillingness to stand still and to stand close, to come under the protection of Christ. Simply submit to his way over Herod's and to live. Pray with me, please. God, Christ, our mother hen, who loves us to protect us for the sacrifice of your own body. We're humbled by such gift. Maybe we want to say thank you this morning. We haven't said thank you in a while. Maybe we've never considered the extent to which you went to love us. Maybe we want to repent. We've wandered so far and we've gone after the world's ways. So speak to us this morning. Help us as we make our decisions. In Christ we pray. Amen.
Thanks for listening to They Didn't Teach Us That in Seminary. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Broadmoor underscore BC or find us on Facebook or YouTube by searching Broadmoor Baptist Baton Rouge. Thanks for listening to They Didn't Teach Us That in Seminary. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Broadmoor underscore BC or find us on Facebook or YouTube by searching Broadmoor Baptist Baton Rouge. New episodes every Monday or join us for services in person or online on Sundays.